It's time for episode 520 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that will be keeping its ring silent switch. Thank you very much. I am mm. one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am... Oh, sorry, someone flipped it on. Uh, I, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons and Dragons online together. It's Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm so mad that you took my joke. <laughs> That's oh. exactly what I was going to do. Uh, and then I realized it doesn't really make sense because technically, I guess that would be the mute button. I don't know. It's There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. That's like, true. Yeah. Is it just whenever we're... Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, while we all ponder that, I think we should say hello to our wonderful guests. To my left at this virtual table we create every week, it is video and podcast creator Stephen Robles. Welcome back to the show, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. And to my left this week, nobody better suited to be around a virtual table, especially if it's one we can roll virtual dice on. It is developer and occasional podcaster, James Thompson. Welcome back, James. Uh, Hello. As somebody who's submitted over seven apps in the last 24 hours, let's just say that I am very tired indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we've got a tired James, we might as well kick things off so we can get him off to bed. Uh, My question for you in the four topics and 30 minutes we have uh, is, did anything from Apple's Wonderlust keynote actually surprise you? Stephen, we'll start with you. I was most surprised by the lack of accessories that were updated to USB-C. I was hoping for a wave of MagSafe Duo updates and the Apple MagSafe battery pack, AirPods 3 case, but none of those actually transitioned to USB-C during the event or even the Apple Store. Actually, it turns out that MagSafe Duo and Apple's MagSafe battery pack are discontinued. You can try and search, but they are nowhere to be found. So it seems like with Qi 2, Apple is moving away from some of those first-party MagSafe accessories with the whole USB-C transition. So that was surprising, and uh, I'm not crazy about it. I I like those devices. I was surprised by many things. Uh, I think probably top of the list was the 20-plus minutes spent on Apple's environmental initiatives. It's not surprising that Apple wants to talk about them. It loves to brag about how great it's doing environmentally. But what shocked me a little bit was that this is this is like a prime time for Apple, right? Like this this keynote, more than almost any of the others, is the one that people tune in for. It is their opportunity to talk about like big direction-setting stuff. And they spent fully 20 plus minutes of it on something that was essentially patting themselves on the back. Um, That, again, also not surprising for Apple. But the fact that it was like premium time that they could have been using to sell other products and instead they felt they needed to pad it out by talking about this, including, you know, a comedy sketch, etc., tells me that... This year, I think Apple is perhaps dealing with some more challenges. Maybe this is a a side effect of the Vision Pro development taking up a lot of resources. Maybe it's just the fact that it's not the most exciting year for iPhones and Apple Watches. Um, But yeah, that to me was a, you know, as I checked my watch and thought, this is still going. We're still talking about this. Uh, That, I think, was the the thing that surprised me the most. James, what about you? 
Um, I mean, while it wasn't technically in the keynote, I would say the Sonoma release date was definitely a big surprise. I'm used to there being a month or so gap from the iOS releases, which gives me extra time to focus on my Mac apps before I submit them. But it's only a week this year uh, on the 26th, which is not exactly ideal. So, you know, you'll get what you deserve, which is nothing. <laughs> um, I got to hear Jason find that out live on Upgrade yesterday and feel his life unraveling in real time, which was quite an experience. Um, I, I would say the recording of 3D video on the iPhone was the thing that I guess was the biggest surprise to me, which is pretty nice. Uh, hoping that it's going to be in an open format so I can view it with my existing and numerous 3D headsets while I wait for the inevitable arrival of my Vision Pro developer kit, which I'm sure will be here any day now. Any day. By Apple. <laughs> I, I know Apple listened to the show. Um, Some of them. I'm just happy that that dad doesn't need to wear a Vision Pro headset to his daughter's birthday party anymore. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'd say it was kind of like the least surprising keynote in recent memory. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everything had been leaked or heavily mm -hmm. speculated about already. So it's not that the stuff wasn't good. It just really wasn't surprising yeah um we didn't know for, well at least i didn't know for sure that the action button was going to make its way onto the iphone i know we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment but um that surprised me in the sense that it ended up being part of the event um the other thing that surprised me in a very positive way that i was super excited about was the introduction of the second generation of the ultra wideband chip and finally we're seeing apple take on more of the the uwb finding stuff with uh now people so if you are at a concert or at a farmer's market and you're having trouble finding your friend um if you both have uwb2 devices uh being able to track them down precision is pretty neat uh so that surprised me and delighted me uh for sure um, all right, let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Stephen. So I'd like to hear what everybody thinks about the mute switch going away, at least on the pro models. It's actually still in the iPhone 15 regulars. But uh, how do we feel about the action button? Oh, I'm excited for the action button. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I get it. We've spent, you know, 17, 16, 17 years with uh, the dedicated mute silent no, ring oh, silence. Switch. I feel old. Are Jesus, you serious? What it's it? been that long. I mean, it's been there forever. It's been oh, there since time. the first since iPhone. The original. And, yep. and I understand it, right? Like when, when the iPhone first came out, that was a feature that was needed. But I think, you know, as years have gone by, it is less and less necessary. It disappeared from the iPad. It was on the original iPad, I believe, and disappeared from that. Mm -hmm. Um the idea of having a dedicated switch for it to me is a little silly because I set my phone on silent all the time and i never want it to accidentally go onto ring that is bad i don't want that i want to keep my phone silent so having a switch that was basically never used or, or very rarely used at the least for me um and having it locked to one particular feature is something i hadn't really thought about but when these rumors first started appearing i thought oh yeah that would actually be super useful if i could use that for other stuff so i think the biggest challenge i'm going to have right now is trying to figure out what the action button is actually configured to do. Uh, 
part of me hopes, I doubt this is in there this year, but uh, maybe in a future year, you'll be able to say shift what its functionality is depending on your focus mode or something like that. Um, just because I'm sure there's like way too many, like a flashlight, great, but maybe I only want the flashlight when it's night or something. Uh, I don't know. So I think it's probably going to end up mapped to the camera for me, but I am excited about the future of being able to choose because I played around with the back tap thing when that was introduced a few years ago, and I just found it had way too many false positives for me to actually be useful. So mm-hmm. a dedicated button for a feature of my choice. Bring it on, James. Well, I was just thinking that if you can use shortcuts, you could possibly make a shortcut that varies what it does depending on the time. Depends on if it's got shortcut access or not. I, I believe it does. I think you can trigger. You can a sh- run a shortcut with. Oh it. yes. But, well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, I mean, like you, I don't know if it means that I'm secretly a youth, but I don't want my phone making any unexpected noises at any time, and I'd be quite happy if it didn't even have a built-in speaker. Um, I just keep the thing on mute permanently. And yeah, I'll happily use this action button to do something else. And I'm glad that's an option. And also that it doesn't seem to be a thing that you can trigger very uh, easily. Uh, I mean, in theory, I could probably make the button roll a D20 or do something like that uh, again through shortcuts. Uh, But I'm not actually sure what I'd want to use it for instead. Triggering, Triggering the camera app seems like the most obvious function particularly since I'll be buying one of the 15 Pro Maxes almost entirely for the new cameras. But I will say I do enjoy the tactile sensation of switching that little switch off and on and off and on again in my pocket. Just get a Um, fidget spinner, James. Jeez. I know, but it's built into my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always, same as, as Dan, always have my phone set to the silent part of the ring silent switch. Um, the only time it ever is, is switched to the other way is for the occasional app that for some reason uses the ring silent switch as its means of determining whether you want something playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I take my phone out of the case and put it back into the case and that switch inevitably gets flipped. Those are the only times when the ring silent switch is uh, is is activated or is is used so switching it to an action button is exciting i use the action button on my apple watch ultra um i think that this is a fun bit of functionality um for any number of things so uh, i'm looking forward to seeing how rosemary uh, orchard my co-host on ios today turns the action button to something that can i don't know uh bring on world peace uh probably <laughs> by the end of the shortcut she makes for it Um, let us, uh, hear from you, Stephen, to round this out. I was hesitant about losing the mute switch at first because I do love it and love fidgeting it as James had said. But when I saw that you can program it to run a shortcut, I was excited. Then I, my emotions changed again because in many of the videos at the event, it shows that it's actually not a one press to activate the action button. You actually have to hold it in order for it to activate whatever you've set it as. If you just press the button, it will show you what it's programmed to do, but you have to hold it. And that's probably to eliminate false positives. So I understand that. I will 100% be using it to run a shortcut, most likely a shortcut that has a menu that'll slide down. Then I can choose from that menu what I want it to do. I do this already with a home screen icon because we now have 100 social media networks to check. And so I have one icon that just shows a menu of all the different networks and I tap which one I want to open. And I did see in the iOS 17 beta, the release candidate that I have here, you can choose to set the silent mode in a shortcut as a step. 
This was not available in iOS 16. You couldn't actually set the mute switch functionality via a shortcut step. I just make sure it wasn't crazy. I was looking at it side by side, 16 <laughs> to a 17. And it does say in iOS 17, there's a set silent mode step. And so I'll probably have that as like the top option in the menu that launches when the shortcut runs and then probably various other focus modes and other actions. But I think I'm going to like it. And um, yeah, excited to play around with some shortcuts. Alrighty, with that, we have reached halftime here at Clockwise, so it is time for me to tell you about our sponsor, it's Memberful, who are bringing you this episode. Uh, you know, sometimes taking a risk is the move that you need to make to get to where you want to be. Have you ever told yourself you're ready to monetize that work you're so passionate about, that stuff that you're doing that you go, you know what, this is something that could become more than just something that I'm doing in my free time. This could become a job. This could become a business. This could become something more. Well, now there's no excuse because Memberful makes building a membership business easy. See, Memberful has everything you need to run a membership program, including a streamlined and powerful checkout, an easy-to-use member portal, transactional emails, and a member management dashboard. We use Memberful here at FM for our memberships. And then I also have experience with Memberful over on uh, the Twit Network, where we use that for our club twit uh, subscriptions. Memberful is awesome. And I I was talking to someone from the Memberful team uh, recently, and one of the things that uh, she had pointed out is that people don't necessarily know that Memberful is Patreon. And so whenever you hear about Patreon, you go, oh, I know them. And you know, you might be memberful is part of that. So it's it's the it's the sort of business side of that. So if you've had experience with Patreon, you are going to really enjoy memberful. It's just it's so simple to do. And I love that it kind of uh, can tie in so easily with different uh, offerings. Memberful lets you build the membership that's best suited to your audience with custom branding, newsletters, podcasts, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free and paid trials, automatic referral discounts and tons more and analytics give you an easy to use in-depth view of what's working what's not and where to double down memberful seamlessly integrates with the tools you already use including mailchimp wordpress stripe discord and more and if you need them you can contact their world world-class support team ready to help you simplify your memberships and grow your revenue they are passionate about your success and you'll always have access to a real human go and check it out right now to see if it can work for you you can get started with no credit card required. Go now to memberful.com slash clockwise. It could be the next great move for your business. Memberful.com slash clockwise. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show. All right, we are back from the break, and that means it's time for Dan's topic. I'm going to flip Micah's topic on its head. What was something that you expected to see or hear about at the Apple event this week that didn't materialize? James? Um, I would say I expected to see a comedy skit that didn't make me want to recycle myself out of Hey-o. sheer secondhand embarrassment, <laughs> but that would just be mean. Um, it was a great environmental message overall, but I just really could have done without that whole bit. And I don't know if it's a UK US divide, but, uh, definitely not my kind of humor. Anyway, I did think we would see a little bit more about the vision pro in a one more thing again segment at the end you know like some focus on games or otherwise filling in the missing pieces on that but i guess it's just going to get its own event at some point closer to the somewhat nebulous release date 
other than that, I mean, I really, I think we had unwrapped all of our presents early. So we had a pretty good idea going in what we would hear about. Uh, so there wasn't anything that I was like absolutely sure would turn up that didn't. Um, it, it was really the most uh, by the numbers kind of presentation. Um, I think I expected to see and hear more just in general, that there would be more new. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> more that, new. More new. That's all I have to say. Um, because, yeah, it just it didn't feel as feature packed as I expected or maybe like drilled down in depth. And the one thing that was really missing for me was more of the software features that they hold back until they bring in the new hardware. They did it with the Apple Watch and the, you know, the pinch gesture. But frankly, that's existed in accessibility for the Apple Watch for a long time. So it was kind of odd to me how they've rebranded it with this new name and uh, sort of inter interaction, whenever um, they call it assistive touch has been on the Apple Watch for some time now, uh, and works with many an Apple Watch, not just the most recent version. So yeah, more new is my answer. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Yeah, and just a, a word on that Apple Watch feature. I, I also thought that was interesting because it was an accessibility a feature that has existed, at least a double pinch and a clench of the fist. Uh, Jason Aitan has a good article about maybe what's different in the Apple Watch Ultra 2 and Series 9 related to that pinch gesture. But I did expect to see a USB-C AirPods 3 or at least a, an upgrade to AirPods 4. Usually those coincide directly with the iPhone launch. So that was weird not to see that. I thought we would might hear more services mentions. I mean, they didn't mention Apple TV Plus content. I don't think very well. Then no, I'm sorry. They mentioned the uh, the morning show and the Apple Vision Pro moment. Uh, but usually we hear more about their services in events like this, maybe even Fitness Plus. Again, AirPods Max is still sitting there with a lightning cable after three years and doesn't even have the H2 chip. We didn't hear about that. But what I should have mentioned in the earlier segment is that we did hear about higher iCloud storage tiers, which was probably my most exciting moment of the entire event, because you can get up to 12 terabytes of iCloud storage. And I'll be buying all of that for probably $3,000 a month. <laughs> Don't buy all the storage. Save some for the rest of us. <laughs> um, yeah, those are all pretty good. I, I think there were a few things that surprised me just because they had been widely reported. Uh, one of them was a thing, uh, the um, a space black titanium variant of the Apple Watch Ultra, mm -hmm. uh, which did seem like a thing that might make sense, but it's still only available in the standard natural titanium. And then there was this persistent rumor, even with pictures of the color matched charging cables usb-c cables for the iphones which also as far as i can tell has not materialized um so those were also interesting i mean small things i think in the in the grand scheme of things but also interesting as always to watch the rumor mill essentially concoct things out of thin air uh when it comes to these kinds of things and you know sometimes there are cases where stuff doesn't make the cut or it's not ready to go or it's actually being earmarked for some other event but uh these were things that i i think you know people had kind of expected would show up and they seemed like logical guesses um i think the other thing you know, we James mentioned the Vision Pro. I think overall mentions of the rest of Apple's product lines were kind of sparse. They mentioned the Mac a little bit at the beginning. I, it's unclear to me whether or not there are any Apple announcements left for this fall, which kind of uh, ties into Micah's earlier comment about the whole event being unsurprising. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I expected maybe a, a little bit 
like Micah said, a little more, a little more new. Um, but I guess that's what we get is what we got. All right. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from James. So now the brushed metal is back on the new iPhone Pro and it's titanium even as well. Which other turn of the century Apple design elements would you like to see again? Is it time for beige to make a comeback? Yes. A hundred percent. I have on my iPhone and on my, uh, Stephen can attest to this, and on my uh, MacBook Air, my M2 MacBook Air, um, this beautiful beige um, cover from uh, Slick Wraps. And it looks like an old school Mac. And it's just lovely. That that nice off-white color is Lovely, as long as it doesn't yellow, which now Apple would know what to do to make it not yellow. So why not bring back beige? Hashtag bring back beige. Wow. Love that. Um, I, I think it would be nice to see uh, that not necessarily the, the texture, which is just l- great at collecting grime and nonsense, grime and nonsense, my new band. Um, but uh, outside of the texture. Certainly the color beige. I love it. Uh, Steven, what about you? Well, now that we have fine woven as a new material, I am going to vote not a lot, but we should bring a little bit of skeuomorphism back. I mean, the calendar app has not been updated in 20,000 years. And so I say, listen, just put some fine woven materials in there. Maybe Game Center. That would be nice. So I'm down for that. Also, maybe one day... I don't know if we'll ever get this with the current camera bump, but I still miss the flat back of the iPhone 5, 4, 5, and 6 era. I don't know if that will ever be possible again without the phone being two inches thick, but I love that flat back. And one other thing, I'm going to play something in the microphone, and I hope just a wave of nostalgia washes over you. Just listen to this. I don't know if you could hear that, but that's an iPod (laughs) click wheel. And uh, I bought one on eBay recently for absolutely no reason. And I just love that little uh, (laughs) little touches like that, like those little clicks. And so, I don't know, stuff like that back in the Apple products that brings a little bit of whimsy. I'm all for it. That's pretty good. Uh, For me, I think if we're bringing back brushed metal, we might as well go whole hog here and bring back uh, lickable aqua interfaces. Come on. I mean, (laughs) uh, we just celebrated 25 years of the iMac. Uh, it's, you know, frankly, a shame that Bondi Blue has not made its uh, return to the the Apple computers and iPhones and what have you. I, I, you know, Apple keeps playing around with color in like the iPhone and the iMac and nothing else, <laughs> nothing else gets color. So uh, I want that sort of candy colored aqua interface back, uh, you know, with some refinements too. You don't have to bring the pinstripes all the way back, but still, uh, I think it'd be nice if we uh, acknowledged where we used to be. And, um, you know, instead of just everything, everything be flat and kind of boring. So for me, those are my favorites, but uh, also, why isn't Sosumi back as the as an alert sound on the? Mac? I just I just need that back. Such a such a great little story there. I mean, I I think it's never time for beige to make a comeback. Personally, <laughs> Boo. Uh, you know, let let us be entirely translucent about that. Um, I do feel <laughs> a certain. I do feel a certain affinity towards brushed metal, though, having been somewhat complicit in its usage in software back in the day. So that was kind of a nice thing to see returning uh, as a there's a certain classiness about it, I think, at mm-hmm. least on physical objects. Um, but really, though, I'm with everybody else. I just want to see those, you know, 3D lickable high fructose corn syrup user interfaces again. <laughs> you know, not not this 
flat diet UI that we have these days. I want the skeuomorphism turned up to 11, you know, as, as stated, you know, the rich Corinthian fine woven backgrounds. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's been long enough that it's almost time for the youth to feel nostalgia for all that, surely, uh, and to bring it back. I just want things to look a little bit more interesting. Fair enough. Um, hey, if you want things to look a little more interesting, huh, uh, you should consider checking out this Saturday as we record this show this Saturday. Um, if you like D&D and you want to see some really wild, high level, level 20 D&D take place while also supporting the life saving work of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Tune in this Saturday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, there are loads of different time zones you could figure that out 6 p.m. Eastern uh, at twitch.tv slash relay FM. That's twitch.tv slash relay FM. Um, it is going to be a level 20 adventure. Uh, I will be DMing. Uh, Dan will be playing uh, as, as one of the, the five uh, characters. And what's great is your donations are going to impact the game. So as you're watching, you can donate. And in doing so, you can do things like give someone a potion. You can summon a high level monster for them to take on. You can have them draw from the deck of many things, uh, which could be good or bad. And I have to tell you, I have a costume planned. If we raise half of the 5k that I'm hoping to raise, I will do a costume change. So you'll get to see two ridiculous costumes. Uh, it is going to be so much fun, uh, so wild. And I am looking forward to seeing uh, what the players are going to be able to do as they try to save the world um, and also raise money for the life-saving work of St. Jude. So uh, please consider tuning in this Saturday, again, 6 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Uh, and we'll have links to the, the place where you can go to donate starting on that day to actually impact the game. Um, all righty, let us move on to our bonus topic. Here is mine for you. <laughs> As a kid, was there a movie or TV show that you remember frightening you? Stephen, we'll start with you. I must have been maybe 10 years old. I was at a relative's house, and for some reason, the original Alien movie, you know, like the titular Alien, was on. And I don't think anybody realized that I was watching it, but I watched that entire first Alien movie, and it was terrifying. And I think for uh, at least a couple of years after that, I mean, I slept, uh, my room was actually in the basement of my house, and I just thought, surely oh, an alien's going to walk down these stairs uh, at some point. And so, uh, yeah, it was the original Alien. It was terrifying. Uh, I was very easily terrified by movies as a child. As an adult, I'm probably very easily terrified by movies. <laughs> uh, but one scene that sticks out, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Uh, there was the movie Flight of the Navigator, which was like a Disney movie. Um, but there's a scene where this kid who is essentially he's traveled through time and he goes to his house but it's like 20 years in the future or something. So it's not his house. And to me, that was like a terrifying moment, like existentially as a child, like the idea that you might try to go home and have it not be your home, like really just freaked Aww. me out. So yeah, I, I, was, <laughs> I was very philosophical. So also literally anytime a horror movie, like commercial came on TV or something. Oh man, I could not, I could not take that. Still don't like it. 
Um, I, I mean, I've got so many. I'm not going to tell the story about Vincent from the black hole yet again. So, you know, here's some different childhood drama for you. <laughs> um, in the TV show Space 1999, there were aliens in the episode The Bringers of Wonder that absolutely terrified me. They were kind of like just these big globs of gore with one eye and I, it wasn't even so much watching the episode but i had a book with a picture of one of those aliens in it and that book lived under my bed and it gave me nightmares just knowing that that picture was there mm. um for me it was the movie candy man um i remember watching that movie as a kid why i have no idea candy this must be great <laughs> that's probably what it was and just the horrifying idea of of standing in like it was this thing that i'm gonna end up walking into a bathroom and i'm going to lose control of my body i'm going to flip off the light switch and i'm going to stand in front of the mirror and i'm going to say the name three times or however many times you're supposed to say it and like it made me afraid to go to the bathroom because i was worried that i was just going to do this thing that was going to uh summon this horrifying creature and it like made me afraid of bees for a while it was just, oh, I, I hated that movie. And then, um, as is so important, uh, you one must face their fears. And so I remember uh, in high school, I gathered friends and we, I was like, oh, you got to see this movie. It just terrified the crud out of me as a kid. And so we all sat down to watch Candyman. And I'm like, I was, I was afraid of this. <laughs> it's so not as scary uh, watching it back as as an older person as it was when I was just but a wee kid. Um, thank you all for facing your fears with me to answer that question. Uh, folks, if you out there would like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, well, you can become a member of Clockwise. You just go to relay.fm slash clockwise to sign up for $5 a month or $50 a year, and you will help support the show and get this awesome overtime topic. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss Apple's upcoming OS releases. And with that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our awesome guests. Stephen Robles, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And James Thompson, thank you once again for joining us on Clockwise. Uh, my action button is now mapped to napping. <laughs> And Michael will be back next week. But until then, we remind everyone out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>